0: This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. If you want to stay in the know about everything that's happening in Portsmouth, from news to culture to food, of course sport and Pompey, take out an online subscription with the Portsmouth News website today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Not only do you get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting, but with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app, you get all the Portsmouth you need. Our trial offer starts at just £1 a month for the first three months. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of Sport, Mark McMahon, and Blues writer, Will Rooney, to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's show... Cod in the cap. Is there a way to dodge the wage ceiling, which is so hurting Pompey? Transfer TikTok. As rivals ramp up their recruitment business as the season nears, are Pompey doing the right thing by waiting to do their deals? Craig on his way. What of Craig McGilfrey's future after being bombed out by Alex Bass? And Curtis Cold. How could Republic of Ireland's decision to drop Ronan Curtis affect his Pompey future? We're now available on Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, so give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition delivered to your device, and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 pulse at Portsmouth.co.uk.
1: Welcome to Pompey Talk. My name is Mark McMahon, and joining me today ahead of a brand new season with Stephen and John the Horizon. Is the one and only Jordan Cross and Mr w- William of Rooney. Welcome, lads.
0: <laughs> morning, morning. Oh I don't feel like it's not a new season, does it? Oh it does. <laughs> it I'm trying to be filled. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, t- I'm trying to be chipper because there is obviously a football season and that's what it's our bread and butter at the end of the day. There's football matches to report on, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, lucky. Me... we're lucky, we're
0: lucky Yeah, if there's anyone sort of uh, listening to us thinking Yeah, we're we're begrudging it you No, know, it's just the general atmosphere out there But we, of course, know we're, we're very fortunate And not, not privileged to be in a position to to want to be You know, covering Portsmouth Football Club And covering football, getting some football matches, isn't it? And, um, everyone's struggling to be in the same boat for, for a number of months So, um, yeah, yeah But Stephen, Steve, it's just... It's, it feels like we go there every year anyway for pre-season. So, it's in an empty stadium, it's going to feel like much the same this weekend, I dare say.
1: <laughs> well, I just want to say my enthusiasm was slightly false, simply because I'm a bit like the rest of the Pompey fans. I'm slightly concerned of the lack of transfer
0: activity, going you know? on. Anybody yeah. want to add to that there? Oh, <laughs> Go, on, will you first, mate? I'm, I'm gonna fuck out of that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the longer it drags on, the more you just want something to happen, don't you? You just, it's just like you're seeing so many signs, aren't we now? Like the going on and clubs are doing the business and going off the business, and then you know you see clubs in trouble like Hull who are making signings and. Peterborough of lines of the replacement for Tony. Apparently now with uh, Clark Harris from Bristol Rovers and yeah. Blackpool are making all sorts of signs. You just you just waiting now for Pompey to make to bring in that centre back or bring in that attacking midfielder that we know eventually will arrive. And we do. And you know I said it last week that we there's no point getting someone in if they're not going to improve the team. But yeah, it's just it's just a it's just a wait game now, isn't it? And I can understand people's impatience because I am a little bit impatient myself, like, But you just got to think about the greater picture. At the end of the day, like and, and think the players who the the target. I'm sure you'll discuss josie you, uh mm. ones who are real the target, real Premier League upcoming youngsters who have got bright futures in the game, and you'd think that they're going to improve. Pompey by what Joe Gallen's saying.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've been quite relaxed um, look, looking at the business this summer, probably with the exception of Hull, who I think have... And, oh, Fleetwood as well have been recruiting, but Hull um, have recruited quite well and diligently, and I, and I think they're going to be a threat um, this season. But I haven't been bothered because, I, as we've all been saying, for the, you know, the business that has been going on and it hasn't been quite as much, you're kind of saying, who would Pompey have liked with so the players that have been moving around? But now there's business going on. We're thinking, I wouldn't mind him. I wouldn't mind a Ryan Broom, mm. you know. And then, mm. oh, Clark Harris has gone, albeit probably Ivan Tony's replacement. Peterborough recruiting well, aren't they? They're, 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 they're getting players in. You're thinking are, are decent. And uh, although we've been speaking, Mr. McMahons totally perplexed about how Hull are recruiting in the way to the in the wage, in the, uh, wage cap situation. I'm sure. I'm, I'm, do you want to talk about that, Mark? Now that's you, because I'm sure you're not the only one, so it's worth bringing up.
1: I am, and I know me and you have had discussions about this, and I don't know whether it's because I have uh, a bit of yeah memory loss, or Jordy, you just go on so much that I lose interest. I don't know what. The, <laughs> it's probably, the, it's probably that a combined. But I, I, I do keep on coming back to you and saying how can the likes of how can the likes of Hull Bring in these players that they have been, and still f- still have that two point five million salary cap. How can Peterborough go and buy your guy from Bristol Rovers and Rand Broome and still have them underneath that salary cap? Obviously, there's a wee bit of wiggle room that you can maybe go over slightly. Like, but to yeah. me, there's so much business going on that Blackpool, for instance. Yeah, the players they are they might necessarily be big earners, but. Are you telling me that they're sticking within the guidelines of £2.5 million? And if so, and if they're not, why aren't Pompey doing the same? Why aren't
0: Pompey finding wiggle room or being smart in their business? I think Pompey are trying to do, do the same. Um, but if you look at the example of Hull, uh, they have got players contracted that will come down who are. bought on good money, but will be treated at the divisional average so um, what was it thirteen fifty or two thousand whatever the, the, the mooted divisional average is so if those players are treated as that, then if you do the two thousand pound multiply that by fifty two and, and come up with a salary you 're probably getting up to about a million and a half of, of a two and a, two and a half million pound um, salary cap, which then gives them maybe another million to go out. And, and, and get some get some players. Remember, this doesn't count transfer fees do not come into play. Naturally, though, if you're going to pay a salary, uh, a transfer fee, the salaries of the players are going to be reasonable if you're recruiting, certainly from above. So, when Hull are going out and buying players like Greg Doherty from Rangers for 400 grand, I expect there's a, a reasonable wage from that. But in the case of... we we're well, we'll we'll continue with Hull at first. It's that they are recruiting probably within to get right on the, on the on the on the limit of that two and a half million. So they're they benefited by the divisional average and coming down. Now in the case of Peterborough, they're they would probably be a lot closer to the, the divisional um to the to two and a half million cap rather than Pompey's four million ceiling. So Oh we've just been joined by my three year old son. Hello hello Jews
1: <laughs> <laughs> say play up Pompey. He probably knows more about Pompey than you do, Jordan. <laughs> <There we
0: go. laughs> See you later. <laughs> there we go. What well, an insight from, her, yeah. from the boy. <laughs> um, well, oh yeah, um, and Peterborough on the two and a half, two and a half million. That, they're, they're naturally around that kind of level on their salaries anyway. Not, not with uh, having the exact insight on what their wage bill is. So if they go and recruit a, a Ryan Vroom from a lower level at Cheltenham, he's probably earning less. Than the League One divisional average anyway, so they can go out and pay a fee for him. Good bit of sound business. They've done their recruitment well. They know they know what their cusp is, or, or, or they, they know their market. Um, so credit to Darren McAnthony, really. Um, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but he he, he knows he knows where they're at. And in this, in this, they're adapting. They're adapting to the new environment, and it's going to be survival of the fittest, and who adapts to it. And I know Pompey are at disadvantages, but. Like Darren McKenzie says in his podcast, you've got to get on with it. And they're doing that. So, Ryan Broome can come in and have a you know, good bit of business, pay a fee for him, and then he still fits in within the framework of a wage cap. So, so credit to, credit to them. So, I feel, you know, I feel Ryan Broome you knows and think with Pompey is exactly the sort of place you'd be going for in this in this yeah. new environment.
1: Just go back to the whole incident, you said obviously they have come down from the Championship, all their players will be on that league average. But every single Pompey player at this moment in time on the Pompey books will have, will have been on the books before this wage ceiling. And so day two are on that there, um, seasonal average. So that means then Pompey in the same boat as Hull is that they've got maybe £1 million sitting there ready for them to utilise. Whereas Hull are using that money then to, to bring in the likes of Greg Doherty and Richie Smallwood. Pompey seem to be just
0: sitting there mm-hmm. without. Using mm. up their money, um, but, um, yeah. I mean, it's been mooted. I uh, suggest isn't it, Pompey, about the business that they they did, before, well, once fans wanted them to do that business before the uh, before exactly, the divisional yeah. average was, was 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 coming in. Now Pompey's argument on that, you can argue. Uh, Argued a to toss on this, but uh, they were they were unhappy that they felt that they were being held to ransom in the players they were negotiating with. Um, so they were obviously advanced with the likes of Lee Brown. They were advanced with the the contract negotiations with Sean Raggett. So they got those ones over the line, and I think they made a a decision that they they weren't going to be paying over the odds beyond that. Um, so they looked at what they got. that they they like they're comfortable with the situation of a smaller squad. Um, and they're going to run with it, and then and um and then their policy is now to look to to the loan market. Whether you agree with that, we're seeing it moving forward. Well, what's your thoughts on it all?
2: Yeah, I mean, it does it, it confuse me a little bit as well. But you have got to think as well, Pompey. They already have nineteen players anyway, don't they? So it's not like they can go. I know they can go out and maybe be nice a bit of money in the pot to go and get these players, but. They aren't making signings, they're the wholesale signings because there's no need to be. They've already got a, a decent enough squad for the, for the salary cap of 22 players that's already, there's not a lot of wiggle room. They've got three spaces left. It's not like, say, a Blackburn or a Bristol Rovers who've maybe had a high, a high turnover. They've released a lot of players and Hull the same and they've had to bring in players because they've got that, that room sort of to, to do it. Because the players, the Black, say Blackpool, for example, they've been bringing in a lot of players, haven't they, but players to bring it in, like you're not you're not thinking they're on massive wages really and there's no one who's in that blackpool team who's gonna be in big wages. But with Pompey obviously the this average but there's there's no the Jack happy with his squads. So we're getting the impression that even last season they would they they put a squad together which they thought that they'd be happy with even if they went up to the championship. They had the core to be in the championship anyway. That's what the Feelings where when you have the likes of you know you you had some decent players you have the, obviously the front the forward players are, are all there they're all under tied down for you know Harrison Marquez Williams Harness Curtis for another at least another two years so they're all protected and they they've been seen as part of Pompey's future whereas other clubs maybe have got rid of players and. Now they do need to go out and recruit because they haven't got the bodies in. So, yeah, now it's just about where they really, think getting quality in. Now Pompey and, and waiting for the right player to come up, I think that's that's the impression that I get with them.
1: Mm, I, I, did, I did a story yesterday defending Pompey's stance on this whole subject and basically said some people might, well, no doubt loads of people have disagreed with it, but part of me went into Pompey are now trying to be smart. They're need they're, they're, they're sort of looking at it and going, we need to reinvest in other areas. Hence the need for the development squad, and invest the money in that way so that they'll they'll in the long term they'll get the benefits of that rather than the, here and now, and let's get in these players and we'll get to the championship. Probably are taking a, a longer term, more subtle approach to how they're going to get out of this here. Which I say I've I've written up. There people will think it's the fetus people will think, no, we need to be in the championship now, so, just say that there. My only other thing is, like, Neil, our chief sports writer, he's on hold at the minute, at the end, of, after the Oxford game, turn around and say, this squad needs overhauling, if Pompey want to reach the championship. That overhaul is not happening. We've got three spaces left in the squad. Are you, are any views of the opinion that, even if Pompey do bring in three bright young stars from the Premier League, that, with the current squad that's at Pompey, that one, they are capable of winning promotion or two, getting into the playoffs?
0: Yeah. um, The point is an obvious one that Pompey's squad as as it stands right now is is weaker um, because players have left and and we haven't at at this moment got new faces. Now, with three lone players on top, where does that leave it? It's an argument to say whether Pompey will be stronger or weaker. There's even an argument from some fans about, and maybe they've got a point about how strong Pompey are from, from the day they came in the division from, from Paul, Cook, Paul Cook's promotion team in League Two, whether it's that they're stronger today than, than that team. There's a lot of debate about that. Um, but I think you've got to be aware that the, 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 look, at the, look, look at what's going on in football. Look at what's happening in the world at the moment. And uh, they're not conditions that lend to 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 strengthening and, and becoming becoming a stronger outfit full stop. There's gonna be there's not the ability for Pompey to go out with uh, you know, a million and a half, two million pounds more money and, and and just blow it away. I you was know, even a suggestion to me that the what the way to help wasn't coming in there, Pompey were keen to kind of really up the up the wage bill um, moving forward. That's that's not the, the, the way the way it is. So looking around the, the division, yeah, there are some people that are perhaps recruiting smarter. And we've used the examples of Hull. We've used the examples of, of Peterborough. Um, but there's, there's not wholesale. If you look at the division and what's going on and the team's coming down and the team's coming up, there's not a massive... You know, amount, amount of money being spent by one person to really recruit. I mean, look at Gillingham. We use the example of, of Blackpool. I think Gillingham have recruited nine now, mm-hmm. but they're all, they're all bits and pieces, and there's no one, no one there that you kind of think, oh, I really want 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 that lad. So, um, yeah, I just think we have to be afford some perspective for for the the, the football world in in League One now. Um, and, and probably give a degree of slack for, for, for Pompey um, and that said and uh, yeah I just think it's going to be a very very tight tight division and, and, and of foot, and footwear's changed so it's going to be a new outlook for, for the whole for the lower leagues moving forward
1: Jordy we, we discussed yesterday on our one of our calls about how back when Pompey tried to say Paul Walsh um, <laughs> I don't remember what year it was Pompey ended up ban his house in London as a wee bit of a sweetener for them, there's no suggest, there's no suggestions that they get rid of, they get round this 2.5 million. There's, there's wee sweeteners they got that Tommy can offer somebody a nice house on South Sea Seafront or a or a pad in Port Solent, or a wee bit or, of a, or a 3.2 million,
0: a 3.2 million pound house from the on the top of Port's Hill, <laughs> for example, which they're trying to give away in a raffle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so you
1: you admit it, though there's nothing like that can go on. Everything, every team needs to be oh, crossed. Every
0: eye done Yes. It. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the test case, by the way. I mean, you know, There might be a, there might be a point somewhere down the line where where someone tries to pull a fast one and uh, looks around it. But at the, at the moment, the the wage cap includes everything. It includes uh, your, your paye. It includes national insurance. It includes win bonuses. It includes agents' fees, it, it includes appearance bonuses, everything, all of that must come within the, the two and a half uh, million pound cap. So you can't say, as you say, then just try and uh, chuck a house in here or there. Or, um, yeah, you hear, I'm not gonna, I remember Pompey missing out on players that were moving to big clubs from, from the locality because their parents were being bought houses and things like that and, and moving mm-hmm. to other academies. Uh, but again, that that, that environment is very different now as well, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, they, that can't be the case. Um, I'm reliably informed. This is <laughs> this is why Pompey. Uh, and i was speaking to someone at the club about this. This is why Pompey are looking for an amendment whereby um, you can add the uh, the gate receipts to, to your to your to your salary um, if you go above the two and a half million pounds, because they think it's registered with the with the EFL. It's all central. Um, the gate receipts—it's all there in black and white. So, if there can't be a con, can we say we can't? There can't be a bit of a Delboy Boy fast one on, on this one, where <laughs> where they kind of they they try and manipulate the the figures. There would have to be a lot of people in on the con within the company. You know, there'd have to be secretaries <laughs> that would be bent and and, all, and, all, and probably um, paying off people in the AFL to to do that. It'd be, it'd be a heck of a con to pull it off anyway um but yeah so that's why Pompeo looking that to our, as an amendment to add that because it, it would be it would be watertight and, and not um open to the kind of manipulation shall we say that, that that you're talking about but yeah football's got a habit hasn't it of uh just look at the Manchester you know, City's situation and um and the outcome there and, and if there are ways of uh, manipulating rules that they're, 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 there is uh, normally normally people that will push it. But um yeah, we'll wait and see. But I'm told that that, that, that at the moment that it would be nigh on impossible uh, to, to manipulate it but We'll be here well, in a couple of years. In a couple of years' time, probably looking at a club that are being called up on a charge for doing just that. Probably.
1: Yeah. Well, well given your track record of manipulating your expenses at Johnston Press, a light bulb went off in your head when I was talking
0: about this. <laughs> you can't, you
1: can't
0: yes, that
1: one. Mark Callan has your number if he does want any any manipulation <laughs> <laughs> advice there. So yeah. Mark called <laughs> Jordy, he's always available. Um, well, there's going to be an emphasis then, obviously, on younger players this season. You were at FC Tottenham Tuesday night. Plenty you of youngsters on show there. Any impress you?
2: Uh, yeah, it wasn't a bad game. Like, um, first half, four goals. It was uh, quite entertaining. Obviously, seeing Jack Wattmore and Ben Close, the uh, the two senior players who, uh, who featured. I really like the look of Harvey Rue, the. the um, the young left-back, who I thought he was a centre-back, to be honest with you, he played at Oxford last season in the uh, com in central midfield, and he's not a central midfield, and I speak to Mark Kelly afterwards, and said, I thought he was a left-back, he said, no, we've always levelled him up, a left centre-half, he said, we've always levelled him off, but he's more of a left-back, and he played a lovely through ball to win win there, I think it was played Harrison Brook through, he was filed for the penalty, it was just lovely weighted, sort of, and he was just... Lovely left foot on, and very attacker minded. And there was one moment in the second half where you could just see a loose ball, and you could just see him gamble. And he just gambled on it, and he he he, he, he nearly got there. It was just sort of instinctive the way he just took a gamble to get there and think where the ball was going. I think I could I could be in a decent position there. So I like the look of him. off also had a trial list, uh Mason Jones Thomas. Can you get a more Welsh surname than that? But, uh, <laughs> I was thinking that at the time. But, um yeah, he, he, uh, he won the second penalty a little bit soft. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him because, obviously, he has a pro year at Swansea and um he's done all right in fit and best. It was probably tough for them to, to have a bit of a rapport with some of the players. I think they might keep him a little bit longer. He might play a Portchester on Saturday and he's another one who probably falls into that new Mark Kelly remit if he if he is to be signed. So, yeah, like the look of Harvey Rue and then Jack Watmore, he was just... Jack Watmore, really, I'm sure we'll come on to it a little bit more, but at that level, he just cruised through the game and then close as well. what Ben close did, he kept the ball, he was neat and tired. He maybe wanted a little bit more from against a Southern League opposition, but I suppose he's playing around lads who perhaps, you know, he's not playing around the likes of Ronan Curtis or Marcus Harness, whatever, where he, he can play a pass and he knows that he can stretch the game or that. He's maybe got a little be a little bit more conservative because. Playing with lads who haven't got that sort of ability because they're younger, but yeah, it was it wasn't a, a bad game. It was nice to get to a, a game for the first time, and you know, right. six months. I'm sure the Pompey fans who were there, there's a hundred there. It was a nice crowd at Tottenham. I'm sure, they uh, they relished the opportunity as well.
1: See you didn't mention Haji Minoga, who is the one player some Pommy fans may think is the one youngster that that is gonna feature more prominently this season.
2: Yeah, he did alright, Haji, but at the start of the game he was just a little bit rash. He flew into one challenge and in a normal game, he, he well it's certainly a yellow card. I mean would it have been a red card? You've probably seen them given, like he flew into one. Um look well, he's got plenty of ability, hasn't he? But the thing with Minoga is I think he's never been a right-back, he's been converted to a right-back because of his attributes. And he's just, he's perhaps still learning that getting exposed to those positions when he gets forwards. I mean, there's one bit where he did skip past his man with ease because he was so athletic and put a decent ball into the box. And that's the area of the game. I think he needs to learn now, getting forwards and getting into those attacking positions where situations are tight and you've got to show a little bit more guile, perhaps, on the ball and just knocking it and running because it's not always going to be like that if you're in the opposition third on the on the um, on the throwing line and you've got to oh. use a little trick or something that's the the bit where he's got to he's got to learn now I think had you, but yeah he looked good and there's plenty, there's plenty there like oh. to say Turnbull in goal perhaps be disappointed with the the, the goal he conceded the volley the, the lads for Totten struck it very well but flew under Turnbull and perhaps should have done a little bit better with it he's a big lad isn't he it's difficult for him to get down but yeah, would have liked to have seen him to maybe get an answer to that one. But yeah, he, as I say, like the look of Harvey, really, I think I think the impression has got to Mark Kelly after that. The, he's quite highly rated as well, and to be honest, his pro deal when he was sixteen, I mean, that speaks volumes that there were probably vulture circling and plenty of potential suitors looking at him at the time. I've got a
0: glittering right. career ahead of him, hasn't he, uh, Paddy
2: Manoga? He has indeed. Yeah, glittering. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just like his track suits. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jordy, one, one, the one, fact... one for the kids, that. One, one for the social media kids. They're, they're being on that joke.
1: Um, Jordy, the fact that Watmore played the other night, does that suggest then that he's not going to start against Stevenings on Saturday?
0: Suggest so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Um, uh, at Norwich, it was um, it was Downing and, and Raggett that were the, the starting two. And Kenny's got a. Uh, a manner of even in pre-season of just pretty much going with his strongest, <laughs> what he perceives his strongest team. Uh, very little experimentation. Um, history is a great indicator of future behaviour, and, he, and he's always done that in his time at Pompey, and what you hear at, at, at previous clubs as well. So it looks like he's establishing Downing and Raggett as the as the preferred two. Um, again, uh, something we, we've mentioned. Uh, you know, really pleased to see Jack Watmore back in the equation and, and back at uh, Pearsborough at March, albeit naturally thrown in at the deep end against the likes of Tony and Dembele there off an injury. He was looking... He was rusty. Um, but it's, it's no surprise that really that, that, that Jack is kind of in the, in the second half team with the kids and, and being given a run out at AFC Tottenham because he's thrown his way back off a serious injury. We've got to give the lad Time here, um, it would probably be, be first to disagree with me and say that he, he didn't want no special treatment and to feel like he is he, um, he is fully fit and, and be treated as such. But Pompey will be wary and they want to treat him with with kid gloves too, to a degree. So um, it's no surprise we, we did the story that they were considering uh, it sending Jack Jack out on loan. Um, as a like you know, like we hear the Premier League squads, uh, managers do when they get their players back in training, it's holding up. The move for loans. You just have to assess your squad when you come back and that's what, what Kenny Jackett wanted to do and he obviously had a look at uh, Jack with a, and all the, the other fringe players with, with a view to you know what's needed, whether they're around, whether they need to be out on loan. Um, Joe Gallon's saying this week that now having looked at things, they're not looking to send anyone out on loan with the exception of, of Duncan Turnbull. So it looks like Jack will be around but I wouldn't expect him to be coming back in and and kind of first choice as much as um, a romantic notion that is and the local boy and a popular figure that Jack is, he's going to need time to find his way back from a serious injury. And it's not, you know, it's it's a number of serious injuries for for Jack, isn't it? So um, some some leeway is going to be needed there. So... um, yeah, they won't be him and Ben close ben off field for as well after what his treatment and being bombed out for the playoffs, and now he's kind of getting sent out at Tottenham. So it looks like he's a little, a little bit further off it with Bryn Morris coming through. Albeit, you know, you understand that Bryn, Bryn's been looking good for me to come back. But yeah, they are players now that look like they're, you know, there's still a distance to travel perhaps before they. Uh, are really in vine for for first uh, minutes, even within the, the, the confines of a, of a smaller squad that Pompey are going to be running with.
1: Yeah, well, um, sorry about this, but Craig McGillifrey is another player He seems to have a bit of distance between getting back into the first team. He obviously suffered a bit of a blow during the week with Scotland omitting him from their latest squad. You have to feel for him, don't you, really?
2: You do, yeah. I mean, it, you know... This time last year it was probably high, by far the highest points of his career. He was play, he was a number one of the football league club, top football league club, craved, top, top top league one club, an opportunity he craved. He broke into the Scotland squad, You know, everything was going well for him. You fast forward twelve months now, and it's just like, I mean, it, Craig expected to be left out of the Scotland squad. Let's make no bones about it; he knew it was coming, but it would have been a blow otherwise. And you know. Let's, let's be fair, Alex Bass has done very well since he came into the side, but it's tough for Craig because the impressions I'm getting is that, he, and Jack had said it at the time, he done nothing wrong and that's still what Craig is getting told. He's not getting told you need to improve on X or Y mm-hmm. isn't good enough. He's getting told you've done nothing wrong. You just need to keep forcing your way in and pushing, but if you're getting told, if you're not getting told what you can, what you're doing wrong, and what you can improve on to to dislodge Bass, then it's it's a difficult situation for them, really, isn't it? Like if you're not getting told, Alex Bass is better than you at kicking, or Alex Bass is better than you at coming to clean crosses, etc., etc. Then how, how are you meant to make the tweaks in training to get into the team? So. It's it's a difficult one coming up for Craig because I understand where Jack's coming from, saying he's gotta look after the club, which you can't fully understand that because to have two goal good goalkeepers like that, if Bass suffered a freak injury and he was out for the season, you know you've got a, a more than suitable replacement to come in and you haven't gotta go out and recruit them. But well, he's gonna be twenty eight in January now, McGilvery, and you think yeah. you're thinking that'll be what well, it'll probably be he'd be Four, five of hes back to square one, really, from when he broke into the football league, isn't he? When he was mm. at Walsall, you think he had two, probably two seasons at Walsall. He was number two, mm. same with Shrewsbury. That's three, four, five, yeah, five. five. Yeah. So he's, he was one. He's only had one and a half season as a number one. He's, a pro, he's, he's coming in as second fiddle again. So you can sympathise him. Mean, he wants to get away. Hundred percent would if he's going to be a number two, he'll want to get away definitely. I'm not there's no way that Robin McCrory is a better keeper than McGilvie. It's just that he's playing every week, isn't he, at the minute at Livingston? And that's why he's in the Scotland squad ahead of him. He'll want to get away. How many how many opportunities do you get to get go to go to the Euros? Like, you know, so it'll be an interesting one because Jeff before, albeit he said that that he's got to look after the club. He's he's let people go who who he sympathises with as well who aren't playing. You think Conor Chaplin he weren't playing, he didn't want him to go, but he let him go to Coventry. Louis Dennis as well. All right, Dennis was a bit part mm. player, but Jack had said I didn't want to lose him, but I had to think about his situation. Even Jamal Lowe to an extent, like I mean, I know that Lowe wanted to, we we know that he wanted to go to Wigan overall, but i think Jacket in the end he sympathised that he, want, he didn't want to be a Portsmouth, so he thought, right, I need to let him go because I'm not going to get the best out of him. You have to wonder if, if McGill, if he plays, what mindset would he be in now? was he, you know, It's we know what he's mm. like. We know what he's like. He's 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 a very, very good lad. But it's just a situation you feel for him now. And he can't have another situ- a, a season like this. It'll be interesting to think from now till October.
0: It's going to come to a head, point, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's got to because if you're, if you're getting to October, two weeks to transfer window... You're number two. You think that he he'll, he'll want to get away somewhere, but the problem is then, where do you go? Championship clubs, you think, will have their keepers in place. League One clubs, would they be able to afford them? you would be a couple of hundred grand, you think? So, I'd say, I'd say there might be development in this one, but for the meantime, he's just got to sit tight and, and see what happens.
1: Jordan, it's, it's fair to say though, McGillivray's situation could change with. What happens with Alex Bass? I know there's been a lot of interest, obviously, that we've reported from Crystal Palace, a wee bit from mm-hmm. Middlesbrough, but could a potential move then to maybe open the door for McGillifree if one emerges for Bass? Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. So um, the situation with Alex Bass is that around the March time, the playoff second leg against Oxford, um, Crystal Palace uh, sounded pumpy out uh, about. Alex Bass. Then um, there was a suggestion. This, this didn't happen in some quarters. I've heard. Believe me, it did happen. Um, there was contact registered. Bassy was asked about um, had he heard anything from by Kenny Jacket. Uh, he hadn't. But um, the club uh, had been sounded sounded out. So um, as of that, that hasn't developed. Uh, bring him up to speed. Up to the, Up to the moment into a firm bid from Palace now. You can look at the reasons why that hasn't as uh, there could be a number of factors. It could be just a a tactical negotiation. It could be one where Palace maybe wanted the interest to come out. They were looking at another goalkeeper and wanted to lever that that keeper uh, by another keeper being moved to going to Salhurst Park. Or they might be prepared to come back in um, and and just playing a tactical game with Pompey. Uh, knowing that if uh, Pompey were to sell, they'd want to maximise the uh, the fee that they got. So um, yeah, there, there 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 is time for for that to run. Um, obviously, October sixteenth, um, I think, is the is the, the cut off date. So uh, time for that. But that that also is very important. And I think Will made the point there um, at the towards the end end of his his previous answer there about about Craig and that, that it's going to be a number of weeks into the season by the time that, that, that off comes around. So it's going to come to a head, undoubtedly, because Craig wants to play. Uh, he's not prepared to uh, to be sitting at second fiddle at this stage of his career. Um, he's been, as I um, said, walking around with a kind of dark cloud over his head uh, around the training ground since for, for the best part of this year now. Um, very despondent, despite being a, a great, great lad. So he wants some clarity about what's going to happen. So... Um, a number of variables, but from Pompey's perspective, I think that they just don't want to leave themselves short. Uh, so um, you probably think they don't need two keepers of that calibre. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think they believe Duncan Turnbull's quite ready to be in contention yet, uh, Taylor Seymour being the other youngster that they've got there as um, mm. one for the future. So um, it's, yeah, it, it's got a number, a number of different ways it can go, but I, I don't think Craig's going to be happy. I mean, to. To, to sit there, um, where where would he go? There might be a lot that happens between now and, and and October in terms of League One, even lower in Championship clubs picking up injuries and needed a keeper and perhaps a loan being done. But Pompey will want to protect their end. But we, I've always felt personally that they don't need that, and especially in the in the world of the of the, of the wage cap, you feel that maybe their their you know their pot might be bet, better suited to you know utilized elsewhere rather than having two keepers of. of Excellent caliber in, in, in Alex Bass and Craig McGilfrey.
1: Well, I'm conscious that Geordie's accountant's going to be billing us for every single minute he's on this call for his, <laughs> yeah. for his September expenses. So if you want to keep this one short, um, <laughs> a bit like McGilfrey, Ronan Curtis was left out of the Republic squad this week. That was slightly surprising, really, wasn't it? Given the form he he'd shown recent months for Pompey,
2: it was Even a little on, bit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously when he got dropped, I think. Even at the time, he made the first two squads last, last season, didn't he? Which was a bit of a surprise. And then the third one, when he started getting back into form, he was dropped. But, I mean, in all fairness to, to, to Curtis, I mean, you look at the, the forwards, at the heads of him there, I'll just get them up now. Callum Robinson, Aaron Connolly, Troy Parrott, Shane Long, McGoldrick. you know, players of that quality. I don't think Curtis at the minute can really complain about being left out of the team. Just because they're all playing Premier League Stoke Championship and Curtis is playing League One football. If he was playing Championship football, might he have a look in? Well, if he's proved himself, yeah. So, and then you've got lads like Keenan Sadley who's gone to Rotherham now. And if he does well at, at Rotherham, you think that he might go ahead in the Peckinosa if he starts firing in the Championship. So, and I'm sure you've teased me off for this one, haven't you? Hook, line, and <laughs> sinker. No, well, never,
1: never.
2: I think I, I think if if Curtis wants to become a regular Islands international or certainly regular in the squad, then he's probably got to be playing Championship football. You think just because they're not shorter forwards, Islands. I mean, if they were shorter forwards and you were seeing players in League One getting ahead of them, you'd be thinking, what's going on there? But. You can't really complain at the minute, just because of the quality of the forwards there. I mean, they're all decent, decent enough as well. James McLean enough, for one all right. I know he plays wing back sometimes. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but he's a solid, solid footballer. And he? he's played Premier League Championship all of his career. So, yeah, will will it force Cas's hands? I don't think so. I don't think so in this transfer window, anyway. I think he's quite settled in the area, albeit he's probably. Not too pleased his car was bro- broken into the other day, but that can happen anyway, can't it? I mean, I'm from Liverpool, it's a, it's a regular thing, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even broadcast it all over Twitter anymore, you just get on with it. <laughs> Well, Do you want um, to look after your car, mate? <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: yeah. time, let me just stop. I've got to stop this. It only seemed to happen to me when I went to Liverpool. Out of all the travelling around the country, the only place I would get little scallies come up and ask me whether they'd like me to watch their car seemed to be in Liverpool when I was up at Goodison and <laughs> Anfield. I... We, yeah, if you don't give us a couple of quid, we're going to smash your windows.
2: <laughs>
0: great, I mean, great, great bit of economics there from a kid, isn't it? To pull yeah. that one, I've got, I've got to admire yeah. him for that, to be honest.
2: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, if if it, it, so, I, I think he settles, and by what you see from Marie Curtis puts on Twitter, now he settles, and that as well down here, and I think he quite likes being the main man as well, Curtis I think he quite likes having that weight on the shoulder and thinking right I'm the main man here and I'm, I'm sort of the talisman of the team if he went somewhere else would he have that that um that, mo- mm. that that moniker on and probably not no so yeah I think he's settled now but if it gets longer term and you get to January and he's flying doing well and maybe he's not going to get into the island squad for the Euros if they get there then maybe then he might think right to fair I might have to to have a move, but that's all for that's all for the future. I think for now, for the meantime, he, he's quite settled on the South Coast. And going into the new season, he'll be looking to to start how he finished last term.
0: Curtis will so. be on the wall path, oh, won't she? She'll be on to Stephen Kenny. She won't. You not want to mess with her if she's uh, going after <laughs> the after new Island manager. But I, I just just briefly, I thought it was a. a not that I've got a great knowledge of the Republic of Ireland, scored admittedly, but it was a bit of a slap in the face, wasn't it? Didn't they promote a couple of under twenty ones? Was it the lad at Norwich, Eder or something? Adam Ida, yeah. Um, so I don't think he's got a great. I don't think he's, he's barely played a game for for Norwich. So maybe a little. A little I take I take Will's point totally, but I bet I bet it came as a slight shock to to to, to Ronan. So um, yeah, yeah. The 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 the, the, uh, the calf. Robbers of Portsmouth and Stephen Kenny, better watch out. Marie Curtis is on the warpath. <laughs> right,
1: okay, lads. Well, let's wrap that up for another week. Um, appreciate your time and efforts as always, and your insight into everything. Um, we'll reconvene. Expenses will be uh, expenses will
0: be coming in soon, Mark.
1: <laughs> yes, I've said, I've said. A couple of grand. Don't worry, Jordy. Don't worry. Um, we'll we'll look after you. Okay, lads. Well, thanks again. Um, Thank you for listening as well. Um, we'll see you all next week. Goodbye.
0: Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for just £1 a month for the first three months for everything you need to know about Portsmouth and more.